0: Welcome to the Empowered Feminine Podcast. I'm your host, Kira Foy, mother, author, nutritionist, and women's health expert. I've designed this podcast to help you discover strategies to tame your hormonal chaos, balance stress, and become unstoppable. We'll explore all the things holistic health, success, mindset, motherhood, and creating rock-solid boundaries. Each week, I'll inspire you to level up. Not by always doing more, but by being unapologetically you and stepping into your feminine power. As women, we can't always do, force, and push our way through life. That approach always leads to burnout. Join me on my mission to help high achievers like you do less, feel more, and become unstoppable. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Empowered Feminine Podcast. I am your host, Kira Foy. Today we are going to get into exactly what it means to work with a nutritionist that specializes in women's hormones like myself. So, you know, I'm a nutritionist, not a doctor. So therefore, you know, I would never be prescribing you anything for hormones specifically. And, and it's really important to understand that a nutritionist who is working with hormones is helping to support proper hormone balance through lifestyle and nutrition, right? That also is going to incorporate obviously sleep, exercise, stress management, and gut health, because all of those things have an influence On your hormones so I think that this is such an important topic and it's something that I'm going to be diving into um, in a masterclass I'm doing a free masterclass on May 19th by the time that this comes out um, that class will have been um, over However, I will tell you that if you want to find out about my next masterclass, make sure that you get on my email list. Um, You can do that by going to my website at curafoy.com and getting the free download of my entire book. Um, That will get you on my email list and you will find... Out about any masterclasses that I'm having in the future. So the reason I'm doing this is that I really want to bring this information about hormones, nutrition, lifestyle, weight loss to my community here on the podcast as well. Okay. Just in case you miss out. So, um, I think that it's, you know, it's really important to kind of understand what it, what it means to work with, a hormonal specialist when it comes to nutrition and yes i do um, incorporate the dutch test the dutch test is the dried urine for comprehensive hormone test now in my practice i mean you can use the dutch test is basically looking at a point in time some clients depending on their cycle might be able to get their Dutch test done fairly soon into us working together. And some it might be a little bit later. That might be because maybe you're just going off of hormonal birth control and you typically don't ovulate right away. And so we wanna test and make sure that you are actually ovulating because when you take the Dutch test is extremely important. It needs to be taken within a window of approximately five days after you've ovulated. So I often have clients Um, do a ovulation predictor kit to make sure that we catch it at the right time because there is a large fee for doing the test over again if it's not done at the correct time. So in any case, you know, that whether you're doing it at the beginning with me or whether it's closer to the end, it's a reflection of where you are. So in the beginning, if you do it, it's going to show you, you know, some, some of our, um, the problems that we're overcoming that we need to overcome. Right. But also there's a lot of symptomatology that goes into, uh, the recommendations that myself as a nutritionist will be making based on what your symptoms are. Okay. So I'm going to go through today a whole bunch of things, recommendations and things I tell my clients and specifically relate them back to hormones and why I'm making those recommendations. Um, because you would be surprised of the things that, you know, um, I might be rec- recommending and why and how they directly relate to your hormones and hormone balance. Um, so, you know, if you take the Dutch test towards the end of us working together, um, typically a lot of the things, a lot of the symptoms that you've come to me with have already dissipated. And so it's going to be a reflection of the work that we have done, which is also excellent. It's going to show us, you know, where, um, you know, things are really working. And if there's anything that needs to be tweaked just a little bit, that's what we're going to see. So. In any case, um, you know, I want to start off by talking about timing of food. Okay. So this is really important for hormones. Um, it's not just like when I'm talking about weight loss and timing of food, it's not just about weight loss, but it's about how the timing of when you eat and when you're not eating directly impacts your hormones and enable weight loss. Okay. So one of the things that I often recommend to people is getting a 12 hour fast overnight. I've talked about this on the podcast many times. So that is um, really important. It's really important for sleep. It's really important for repair. It's important to make sure that your body is able to do what it needs to do as far as repair, as far as, you know, um, being able to recuperate, um, and, and also for you to have a good restful sleep, that it's not working on digesting food at that time. You don't want to be eating directly before you go to bed because, you know, then that is taking up a lot of energy, energy away from the things that your body needs to do while you are sleeping at night. So that's super important. So that timing is really, really important. Um, but also it's, it helps with insulin sensitivity. Anybody who is coming to see me who is looking to lose weight, who has found that it's been very challenging for them or they're having a lot of cravings or they're tired, all of these things are really, really important. So they might sound like simple suggestions, but it's because of my background and knowledge of hormones and how food and lifestyle and sleep and exercise and all of these things impact them that I am able to make these recommendations for you. Okay. So, so for example, um, with sleep, how does sleep impact your hormones? Well, two of the big things, I mean, it impacts on so many different ways. Um, so let's start really in the evening. If you are somebody who stays up later, who has been watching TV later, who tends to be a bit of a night owl, those things are impacting your hormones. So if you were up, you know, later at night, if you are not um, being careful about uh, light pollution, so basically too much light in the evening or exposed to too much blue light, what that's going to do is suppress your body's production of melatonin. So melatonin is a hormone. So we want to support proper melatonin production in order to help you sleep well, but also because Melatonin is an incredibly important hormone. For example, it's protective against breast cancer. So we want to make sure that you have good levels of melatonin naturally. We don't want to just throw a supplement at that. I really, um, you know, rarely do that, uh, for low melatonin levels. Um, I really look at what is the lifestyle? What are the things that are causing those low melatonin levels, right? We want to actually look at the, the root cause. So, In any case, so that's one of the things that's really important that leads to a good sleep. The other thing, and and that all has to do with your routine in the evening, making sure you stay away from your phone, that you're not staying up too late, that you are not watching TV in bed, those types of things. Um, Then we also have to look at, you know, what is your stress level in the evening? Are you allowing yourself a period of time to calm yourself? Because another way that your sleep can get disrupted also from low melatonin is if your cortisol levels, your stress hormone is higher in the evening because it is supposed to, your cortisol levels, your 24 hour pattern should be highest in the morning. It'll go up and down throughout the day, but it should dissipate by the end of the day because melatonin has a inverse relationship with, cortisol so if cortisol is high in the evening right if you're working late if you're agitated you know if you're not taking time to really allow your body to get into a place of you know um rest and relaxation then that is going to impact melatonin production because when cortisol is high melatonin cannot be produced so that because of that inverse relationship okay so this is why i would make those kind of recommendations to somebody um, they're not just nice to have they have a specific reason based on my knowledge of hormones so um, also good sleep again one of the things that people come to me with is like a lot of women wake up between 3 and 4 a.m. Well, I can tell you that that is typically a blood sugar issue and it has to do with cortisol. So I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but it has to do with, you know, when you are not, um, when you are not eating one of the ways that your body, um, helps to manage your blood sugar is cortisol. So yes, cortisol is your stress hormone, but its main function is blood sugar balance. So, if you are somebody who you know is stressed all the time, um, is worrying all the time, is go go go, who you know is always kind of like not allowing yourself the time to um, to do those things for you, whether that be you know walking, whether that be meditation, whether that be exercise, um, you know, getting into a calm headspace, having a good positive mindset. And it could be skipping meals. It could be a high stress job. It could be kids learning from uh, like at home. All of these things are going to impact your cortisol production, right? Um, And also your blood sugar. So, you know, one of the ways that, you know, because of, again, the knowledge of hormones and how these things impact you is we need to manage your stress, your cortisol levels, and your blood sugar during the day to help prevent you from waking up at night. Okay. So that is, um, another, another way when I'm recommending those things. Um, it is because of my knowledge about how cortisol impacts your body and its function. And therefore what we need to do to better support, um, the proper production of cortisol and not be, you know, constantly in a state of fight or flight and overproducing it um, because sometimes when that goes on for too long you end up not being able to produce enough when you need okay so just like insufficient not completely not having enough cortisol because um but just you know insufficient so that's another way that i will work on somebody's hormones and their blood sugar balance that impacts their sleep, for example. So those recommendations are specifically because of hormones. The other thing why sleep is so important, and I'm always asking clients, you know, how their sleep is and working on getting better sleep, whether that's always going to bed, you know, within an hour, the same time waking up within an hour at the same time every day. Again that is very important for your circadian rhythm that has a huge impact on your hormones. Um, And having good sleep is absolutely critical to your hormones. So for example, there's two hormones, ghrelin and leptin, and they're both negatively impacted if you don't get enough sleep. And what then happens is that you will not be satisfied as much with the food that you eat. So your satiety is gonna go down. And your hunger levels and cravings are going to go up because of those two hormones if you're not sleeping. So that is why, you know, sleep is so important. I'm always checking in with people, um, about that. So another thing when, you know, you, when you're working with a nutritionist who specifically understands hormones is what you were eating and when you were eating, I'm going to make different recommendations based on how you're feeling and what your symptoms are. So for example, if you're not sleeping well, and maybe it's because of, you know, a a combination of the things that I've just mentioned, you are probably waking up in the morning pretty tired, pretty sluggish, needing coffee and, um, or feeling like you need coffee and, uh, And generally your energy in the morning is just not great. Right? So if I hear that from you, I'm going to be making a different recommendation for, you know, the combination of um, foods that you are going to eat in the morning. So somebody who has really low energy in the morning, I'm going to be recommending a lower carbohydrate breakfast for them. And that is because carbohydrates do lower our cortisol levels and cortisol, like I said, is, you know, too much cortisol is a bad thing, but we also need sufficient amounts because that's like our get up and go. Okay. So you want to have higher cortisol levels in the morning. If you already don't have high cortisol levels because you have had extended periods of stress and been burning the candle at both ends for a long time, we want to help support your cortisol level levels, not lower them. And guess what? There's a reason why you crave carbohydrates when you're stressed because Carbohydrates are going to help to lower those cortisol levels. But if you're already tired in the morning, we don't want you to have something like oatmeal in the morning, right? I want you to have something that is a little bit lower in carbohydrates, but, you know, higher in protein and good fats and more fibrous carbohydrates like, you know, greens and vegetables, um, or even a small amount of berries or something like that so that we can support cortisol levels, right? If your body's already having a hard time, having enough energy in the morning, we don't wanna make it harder on it, we wanna work with it. So that is why, you know, when I look at somebody's food diary, I might be making, you know, tweaks, and you might think, oh, this is just about weight loss, but it's not just about weight loss, it's not just about your intake or calories, it's about, my knowledge of how that is going to impact your hormones and therefore your energy levels, cravings, et cetera. Okay. So these are all, you know, really important things, um, to understand because you know, so many people don't, you know, think about hormones and think, Oh, you have to take a supplement for that. Right. Or I need the Dutch test to tell me what I have to do. A lot of these things, I'm going to know because, of course, I have 16 years experience. um, You know, where we need to start, what we need to adjust based on what your symptoms are coming into my practice. Um, So, additionally, you know, in my practice, I don't do specific meal plans for people. I do have a 10 day detox that is a starting point, but nobody has the same meal plan because I don't create. Meal plans for people. I look. I have them do a food diary based on the ten day detox, which is all about whole foods, supporting gut health, balancing blood sugar, um, understanding how to get enough, you know, proteins, fats, and carbs. I have you do a food diary and then we look at how are you feeling what were your symptoms you know were you having cravings were you um, having problems sleeping were you constipated all of these things and we look at okay this is how you're eating because you're doing your food diary now based on what you're telling me what your challenges are i'm going to give you recommendations to change those things in order to be able to alleviate, you know, those those symptoms that you're having, right? So that you have more energy, so that you're sleeping better, so that you're not having cravings, um, etc. So, you know, in my practice, there's there's no such thing as following a meal plan because I don't do that. <laughs> I absolutely don't do that because I truly believe that each and every person is unique and again, you know, just from what I've been talking about, you can understand why these recommendations, um, you know, might be great for one person, but not the other. So I'm always going to be looking at meal plans, like, uh, sorry, not looking at meal plans, looking at your food diary and telling you what to tweak based on how you're feeling and what your goals are, right? So if I, if I have somebody who is trying to lose weight, and I'm looking at your meal plan, and, you know, maybe you didn't lose weight that week, I'm looking at, you know, what could we change? Were there cravings? Were there any challenges? Um, and then looking at what we need to do to change that right to support you better to get rid of the cravings to help you wind down at more at night so that you can sleep so that, that will reduce your appetite things of that nature are really really important okay so that is how i work it in my practice so nobody's diaries are going to be the same. I'm not giving you specific recipes that you have to do all the time. It's really about teaching you about having enough protein, about what are the things that you might need to add in. So another thing, for example, um, you know, it is very important for, for women, especially, especially as we get older, over 30 and even more so into our forties and perimenopause and menopause is that we have enough protein um, you know, that is split up throughout the day. We want 30 grams of protein in at least three of our main meals to support protein synthesis. And this is really important because your lean muscle mass is absolutely critical for your health and the prevention of disease, right? So I've talked about that before. There's a whole podcast on protein and the myths and things like that. So definitely check that out if you want some more information on that. So, but then there is, um, you know, looking at gut health. So, again, one of the things that I'm always asking, are you having regular bowel movements? You know, what do those bowel movements look like? Are they comfortable for you? How often is it at least, at least minimum every day, right? What is your pattern. So we have to look at that. And then we want to encourage enough fiber, enough vegetables, like non-starchy fibrous vegetables to make sure that we're getting, you know, at least I'm always looking for between seven and 10 servings a day. So I might be asking you to add more vegetables in it. And you might think, yeah, okay. But it's because of my knowledge about how, gut health impacts hormone health and fiber is required to make sure that for example, estrogen that is not used in your body needs to attach to fiber and then be taken through your digestive system. Um, and that is your phase three detoxification. If that's not happening because you don't have enough fiber because your motility is slow because, uh, which means, you know, the time between when you have a meal and you actually have a bowel movement, which for people that are having difficulties, sometimes I will test that with beets. It's actually pretty cool because I'm sure you know that if you eat beets, you might see between 12 and 24 hours later, depending on your motility, that, you know, your bowel movements are bright, You know red right red purple that kind of color right so sometimes that can freak people out but it's also pretty awesome to be able to tell what your motility is so that's really important and there's a lot of things that are going to go into so you know fiber is one of the things that can help with um, motility and your gut health but it's just a small part of the puzzle if somebody's having food allergies we got to look at that because constipation and, you know, or even um, loose stool can be because of food allergies. So, you know, these are all questions that I'm asking because I understand the connection between your hormones and your gut health, right? Um, And then I look at fermented foods, right? So I do recommend things like probiotics, Probiotics is not the only thing that you need to help your gut. You need to remove the food that's bothering it. You need to replace it with the food that um, is going to help nourish your gut to reduce inflammation. You need to actually heal your gut. And there's certain supplements that I also use for that. And then you have to re-inoculate with probiotics. So as you can see, there's that's just one little step. So there's a lot of things that, that need to happen. I also recommend a lot of things like sprouts and fermented food. So fermented food, um, is extremely important because again, that's your body's, um, you're, you're getting, you know, probiotics to help to support your microbiome, um, which is the collection of good and bad bacteria in your gut that is responsible for more than 70% of your immune system, so it's extremely important. So fermented foods are absolutely, you know, critical. Um, and you know, while I do, like I said, recommend probiotics for a lot of my clients, you don't have to take them continuously. But because there are a lot of things that do impact and lower the good bacteria in our microbiome, we always want to be supporting it. And you can do that through foods, through fermented foods, um, obviously through a lot of whole foods, because the more biodiverse your microbiome is, the healthier you are going to be. So that is why I'm always recommending to switch things up, right? So when I'm, you know, recommending these things, I'm, I'm not going through um, all of this much detail every single time I'm making recommendations to a client because that would be exhausting. Um, you know, you've hired me to, to tell you, um, you know, what to do and what to change. And these are all of the things that I am taking into consideration. Okay. Um, so yeah, with, you know, fermented foods and gut health, and then there's also, you know, our prebiotic foods, um, which can be like, you know, um, artichoke and, Um, bananas. And I'm trying to think of these things off the top of my head. Uh, We also want to make sure that we're getting lots of onions and garlic and things of that nature. So, you know, you might just be like, oh, you know, she's, she's recommending um, more, you know, vegetables um, or some high sulfur foods or um, some of these prebiotic foods, but there's a reason for it. Okay, so that's that's super super key. So it's more than um just you know if I'm what I'm recommending can be absolutely um pretty basic depending on what type of food you like to eat, right? So because there's there's not a lot of magic or a lot of you know changes unless you want to do you know you can do a keto diet or whatever what I do is all based on balance and about blood sugar management so it really does come down to those macros of proteins, fats, and carbs. And then you're adding in, you know, like I said, things that are fermented foods and, and making sure that you're getting enough variety. And when are you eating these things? When are you having your starchy carbohydrates, right? Like at the end of the day, we only have three macronutrients. You have the food that you like to eat. So what you eat, you know, might seem pretty basic, but it's when you're eating, how much you're eating, what that balance is that is going to impact your hormones, your blood sugar, your cravings, et cetera, right? As I've said so many times on the podcast, you have to start with balanced blood sugar in order to balance any of your hormones. So that is why, you know, the way that I, that I work, nobody's, nobody's, you know, food diary looks the same, but what it always has in common is definitely a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs. And that's going to be different. And it's going to be at different times based on the person and what they are experiencing. Um, you know, so for example, as I mentioned, if you want to have higher energy levels in the morning, a lower carbohydrate breakfast is good for you. If you're having a hard time sleeping and, you know, calming down in the evening, as I mentioned earlier, and so therefore your cortisol levels are higher in the evening than they should be, which is impacting your melatonin. One of the things I will recommend is let's have, you know, some sweet potato, um, at night with your protein and your non-starchy vegetables, like all of your high fibrous, um, green vegetables, etc. because adding in that starchy carbohydrate, You know, or it could be it could be quinoa, it could be squash. There's you know, um, it could be beans and legumes. All of those are examples of starchy carbohydrates. Adding some of those in in the evening can help you to sleep. So while you know, if you were to get a recommendation, for example, from um, you know somebody who Uh, was, was just focused on weight loss. Let's just say that, right? Somebody who's just focused on weight loss, maybe they were a trainer or something. They might tell you don't have any, you know, starchy carbohydrates at night. And for some people that can be a great recommendation because you're usually less active at night. And, you know, I generally tell my clients to think about carbohydrates and when you need them based on your activity level, right? But again, if you're not sleeping well, I already went through all of the problems and all of the hormones that that is going to impact. So that's really critical. So I'm not going to tell you to have a low carbohydrate, um, you know, dinner. I'm actually going to have you, um, make sure that you have some starchy carbohydrates, of course, balanced with a good amount of protein and some fats as well. Okay. so you know, these recommendations, um, you know, again, that might seem really simple. Like, Hey, can you add some sweet potato with your dinner? And maybe, um, let's, let's, let's change your lunch, have more fibrous carbohydrates at lunch and have the starchy ones at dinner. Sounds like a pretty basic thing to change. Right. But the reason I'm suggesting that is because of my knowledge of hormones and how that's going to impact your energy levels and your sleep right so those are all you know really important things um, to understand um you know then we can get into other things like those are all um kind of the foundational things that in some reasons i would be making some recommendations Then you have, you know, I have clients who have PCOS, which they're going to have, you know, some degree of insulin resistance. So there's going to be a lot more focus on, you know, managing blood sugar is more challenging at that point. And one of the things that, you know, we also need to do, whether you're trying to increase insulin sensitivity, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to reduce cravings. For example, you know, I talked about that 12 hour fast at night. Well, it's actually really important that you do not snack. And so that's not just about weight loss, but it's because of hormones. So, you know, having a, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and maybe a snack in the afternoon is generally what I recommend to most people. That could be different. It just, you know, depends on the person, but you don't want to be snacking too often because, Every time you have a meal, you're going to have an increase in blood sugar, even protein, 30% of that turns into glucose. So, and it impacts your blood sugar level. The only thing that doesn't impact blood sugar is fat, right? So you're always going to have that increase in blood sugar. Well, when your blood sugar is increased, your body's going to produce insulin. The amount of insulin is going to depend on your health and your body composition. So your insulin sensitivity, which is very much correlated to your lean muscle to fat ratio. So if you have more fat that you're trying to lose, when you eat a meal that increases your blood sugar, your body is going to have to secrete a lot more insulin because you're less sensitive. Then for example, somebody like myself who works, you know, has a low body fat percentage. And I do a lot of weight training and really focus on, on my muscle mass. And that is really what I'm trying to get all of my clients to focus on It's not, you know, trying to just get smaller or thinner, but really it should be about getting stronger. That is the key. So, um, you know, again, coming back to snacking and when you have your meals and how much time you have in between your meals, that's really important. That's why I ask my clients, like, what time are you eating? Right? Cause I don't want you skipping meals that puts stress on your body. We want to, we want to reduce that. Um, I don't want you, you know, having a smoothie and then sipping on it from like 8 AM till 12 PM. Because what that means is that you're going to have you know insulin in your system at that time you want to have your meal finish your meal and then have a fasting period of three to four hours in between your next meal because your body cannot burn fat it's not going to release fat and it can't use fat for energy in the presence of insulin okay really really important so you know when I'm telling you to have meals, when, when it is being scheduled, it's not just like, oh, this is what we do. There's no, it's not like there's no reason for it. There's always a reason for it. And, and it's specifically to do with hormones. Okay. This is, this is how it all works. I hope this is coming together for you. Um, and helping you to really understand, like as a nutritionist, how do I specialize in hormones, right? Because I'm not ever going to be giving you hormones. I mean, well, I guess that's technically not true. I guess if I recommended melatonin, that's typically, it's, it is a hormone, but I don't do that very often. Um, and you know, uh, vitamin D actually is really characterized differently. It really is a type of hormone, a steroid hormone, um, And, and so, you know, I do recommend vitamin D for everybody. So that's it, but I'm not ever going to be obviously only as a doctor. Can you recommend, um, uh, any type of like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, all of these things, right? So that is absolutely not what I'm doing. I am helping to, um, recommend to you, you know, a lifestyle your, what you were eating, the combination of food you were eating, um, based on my knowledge of how those things impact your hormones. So, you know, when I'm talking about stress management and asking clients about, you know, how they feel when they get up in the morning, and recommending that they have a routine recommending that they go for a walk first thing in the morning that has to do with your hormones, because when you go for a walk first thing in the morning and you get sunlight that really impacts your sleep and your circadian rhythm, um, which is extremely important again for your hormones, right? So everything has a reason, everything. Um, let's talk about exercise, for example, that is, you know, when you exercise, what you're actually doing has an impact on your hormones. So, you know, for women who, you know, I've had a lot of women in my practice who are doing like too much intense exercise, right? So when you exercise, it's going to increase cortisol that's not a bad thing. It's supposed to, but for some people, if you were, if you were already a super stressed person, if you were already, um, having difficulties, um, you know, your body's insufficiently being able to make cortisol because you've been burning the candle at both. ends so long is that, you know, your cortisol levels are lower than what, you know, they should be for you to feel better for you to have more energy then doing these high-intensity types of exercises, especially at different times during your cycle when your hormones, uh, you know, for example, like doing high-intensity exercise during your luteal phase, um, which is the, you know, the PMS two weeks before your uh, period. And again, PMS is not normal. I've talked about that. But I'm, I'm using that term PMS because I know that you will know when that time is. Um, you know, that is a time when your body actually, your metabolism's higher, your stress levels are higher, your body actually needs, um, more calories. So doing intense exercise at that time is really going to negatively impact your hormones. So that's another thing that I'm looking at with my clients, like what type of exercise are they doing, you know, based on their energy levels, how they're sleeping, if they have enough energy in the morning, um, what their goals are. I'm going to be recommending different types of exercise, right? Um, weight training is always going to be something I recommend, but you know, some people might, um, I might be recommending more walking. Some people might be needing to get their heart rate up more and do some more cardio. It might be a combination and it might be at different times of the month. It really depends on, you know, what your challenges are. If you are somebody that is, you know, fairly young and pretty healthy and doesn't have a lot of symptoms, um, then it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be as big of a deal being so specific about, you know, the type of exercise and when, and what you're doing. Um, because generally your body is able to adapt well at that point, it's going to be more important for somebody who is, um, really struggling with sleep and energy, Um, that's when, you know, when and what type of exercise you're doing is going to be more important and I'm going to be focusing on that more, right? Um, you know, other things that, that I do with respect to, um, you know, like liver support, for example eating, you know, more bitter greens, arugula, having apple cider vinegar, those kind of things are not only alkalizing for your system, but they also support your liver. And if you have a sluggish liver, that is, you know, going to impact your detoxification. Um, And so that can greatly impact your hormones. So, you know, it's something that, you know, is dealt with, both for your gut health and your digestion but also hormones and it is something that yeah sometimes i see um there's you know different parameters on the dutch test that can show that you know that uh detoxification is not where it should be and that we need to to do more liver support right so in any case, um, that pretty much sums up a lot of different recommendations that are seemingly, um, you know, like simple, right? So like, they're not hard, but there's a story and there's a reason behind why I might recommend one thing to one client and maybe something completely different to another right? Um, And like I said, in my practice, I don't do um, these recipes, meal plans, except for initially. Initially, I do have my 10-day detox, which is a starting point, like I said, because whether you're in a group program with me, like in the hormone solution, you are still getting one-on-one with me. You're still getting a hormone testing. You're still getting coached um, by one of my nutritionists. And, and so we're still looking at your food diary. And I always encourage people, even the group program to like post your food diary or when we're on, um, our group zoom calls, you know, send that to me before, because I can run through that with you. That is how we are, you know, helping you to get to a point where you know specifically what foods, what combinations, what time of day will work best for you because I don't, I, I, I just don't work with the, here's your meal plan. This is what you're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner as set out by me on a week to week basis. When I was a new nutritionist, I used to do that, right? I used to do that. But um, that was not helpful because what I want people to understand is why they're doing it, why they're putting these foods together, why they need the combination and you want to be able to do some of that work yourself because when you think about learning, you always learn better when you're actually having to partake in what it is that you're doing, right? So. You know, it's very easy for me and sometimes, sorry, it would be very easy for anybody to get a, you know, meal, a healthy meal delivery where there's, there's macro based meals where you can, um, you know, recommend certain macros and they can, they can make it for you and it can show up on your door. And sometimes I do recommend that for some of my clients at some point during their program, because sometimes I have clients that are so busy, that they need support sometimes they might need a week or two where they have those things showing up and done for them but i don't want them to always do that because i want them to learn how to put things together themselves i want them to know when they're going to a restaurant so when i have clients going to a restaurant i'll say you know send me send me the the menu and i'll 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 tell you what options and why right So those are the kind of things, like when you are learning, when you are doing it yourself, um, when we are tweaking what you're eating on a week-to-week basis, it's all extremely personalized, right? There's no such thing as one way of eating that works for everybody. There's no such thing as like, you know, just like here, everybody gets the same meal plan that's ridiculous. And the way that we do it, um, in my practice that I do either with my VIP clients or with, um, people in the hormone, um, solution, it is all individual because it's based on your food diary, which is going to have the foods that you like to eat. And then we're tweaking it based on how you're feeling and what your goals are and what your results are right? So I hope that that really summed up everything. Um, these are all of the things that, you know, I will be talking about, um, in the hormonal weight loss free masterclass that I'm doing next week, but I'm recording this now for you just in case you don't get to participate in that. Um, and I really wanted to make it, you know, crystal clear about what the difference is, um, working with a nutritionist, who understands hormones and understands how your, your sleep, your lifestyle, timing of when you eat, what you're eating, the combination of your macros, all of these things impact your hormones, you know, your gut health, your stress levels, like all the stuff, right? Um, So that's, so that's really a really good breakdown of um, just how simple recommendations that I may, might, might make, actually are completely because of my understanding of how your hormones work and how to get you into balance so that it does become easier for you. Because like, let's be honest, if your sugar, if your blood sugar is balanced, that means your mood is balanced. That means your cravings are balanced. That means you are going to be, um, you know, able to lose weight easier. And when you're cravings are balanced, when you're not, you know, thinking about food all of the time, when you are progressing, then man, that's going to be so much easier, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, if this was helpful for you, please share it with a friend. I, you know, want to thank you so much for your support, uh, on this podcast. I get so many amazing comments, um, from, from all of you in my community. And I appreciate your reviews and always feel free to reach out. I spend a lot of time on Instagram at Curafoy Inc. You can find me, send me a DM. If you have a question that you'd love me to um, address here on the podcast, I would love to hear it. We have some great um, guest hosts coming up. So definitely subscribe, make sure that you check out the podcast every Thursday and, um, if you want to hear more about working with me, you can go to curefoy.com. Um, and under work with me, there are those two options, my, my VIP programming, which is all the things I've talked about. Plus it's life coaching. So, you know, there's no predetermined, um, uh, transcript program for life coaching. It's really going to depend on what's going on with you right what what are the things that are holding you back and really about you opening up to me about the things that have kept you um, stuck in the challenges that you're having so that we can dig into that and really start to turn that around. Okay. Um, the hormone solution, um, is also there. So there's a whole, um, information page on that, that you can, that you can click on through curefoy.com, or you can simply go to the hormone and find out more there. So, Thanks again for being here. If you have any questions, I'm always open to hearing them and I hope you have a fantastic day until next time.